Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Just wanted to take a brief moment to give you guys a little idea how we do it here at Paddle and Fin Podcast. We use the Anchor.fm recording platform. Super easy, distributes our podcast to many, many different platforms. There's creation tools to allow you to record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. Check out Anchor. .fm or download the free Anchor app to get started. This segment is brought to you by Jigmaster Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com and use promo code PNF20 and save 20% off your next jig order today. Welcome to the Paddle and Fin Podcast Network. This is the final cast segment with your hosts Brad Hicks and Josh Eldridge, where we cast our final opinions on all products good and bad. Welcome to the final cast. Welcome back to the Paddle and Fin Podcast. My name is Josh, and on tonight's final cast, I have Benjamin Teets of Robohawk. Benjamin reached out to us. Uh, I'll call you Ben. I'm sorry. He told me Ben earlier, but... (laughs) Uh, ben reached out and wanted us to give an honest review on his tethers. And, um, you know, we've seen a lot of uh, social media action on Facebook and Instagram through multiple anglers throughout the industry who have been raving about him. So, you know, we were, uh, Ben has sent us um, a couple actually different sizes and some phone tethers. And we passed them out to some of our other uh, team members on Paddle and Fin to get everybody's opinions. And, you know, everybody's uh, so far been impressed with them, except for me, because I sent uh, Daniel a phone tether minus the actual phone part that he needed, which is the rubber piece that snaps around the phone. So now he's just got this small, short tether with uh, minus the phone part. So I got sending that in the mail on Monday. Sorry. Sorry, Daniel. But uh, <clears throat> so, Ben, how are you doing this weekend, buddy? Good, man. How you been? I'm doing well, man. Just wrapped up uh, the past two weekends being at the Cincinnati Travel and Boat Show, and uh, it was a great time, but I was kind of relieved that it was finally over, man. Um, you know, it was kind of, you find yourself, I, I had a lot of fun and realized how much knowledge I actually have of kayak fishing and um, and even like boats that I don't even paddle like in general, but I, apparently I've been yeah. paying enough attention to be <laughs> able to answer questions, so you know, it was nice to try to get, you know, try to get people 
uh, get their foot in the door when it comes to the kayak fishing community. You know, a lot of people have questions and you kind of get to explain why some of the boats are, you know, so such a high price compared to the cheaper ones you see in some of those big box stores. So it was a good time. You know, unfortunately, Brad's not with us tonight. Uh, Brad kind of got sick, um, started feeling sick at the show and he uh, ended up, it was funny as I actually rode with him because Brad and I live like five minutes apart. And so he came, pick me up this morning. He's like, uh, like an hour and a half in, he's like, man, I'm not feeling good, dude. And I was like, this isn't good, dude. I'm going to be st- stuck in Cincinnati. I'm not like real far from Cincinnati, but far enough. And, um, you know, we're up in Dayton. So it's about a 55 minute drive. So Jason said he'd take me back, but Ricketts lives all the way down, like near the little Miami river and Ohio river, which is east of just east of Cincinnati. So he had to make a track basically an hour up and probably an hour and a half back home just to drop me off after that show. So I felt bad cause he was completely going out of his way, but Ricketts, thanks bud. But, um, so Ben, are you guys doing any shows this, this coming season? No, I I don't think so. It might may or might do a local show for the Bassmaster uh, swap meet they have here in town. They do that every year. I've been to it a few times. Um, it's kind of a mix of everything, so yeah. it's it's not boating specific or even I mean kayak specific. I know Hobie was there last year. Uh, we have some local guys called the Mud Bums. I don't know if you've seen their show or not. Um, they go there a lot. So I might might do that one, and I think I might go to Canoe Copia just for fun, not not as a show, but just to enjoy it myself. I have a buddy that lives in Madison, so it just kind of works out. Stay overnight, do it for cheap, um, nice. see all the boats. I I want to see that new Slayer Max pretty bad. I know Native's going to be there. Yeah, there's a lot of people really excited to see that boat. Uh, Brad oh, yeah. can't stop talking about it, dude. He's like, oh, I really like those, man. And he's a bonafide guy, so he was kind of stoked about the merger, but he's not 100% sure, like, what's happening with our shop and stuff. But, you know, he's he's excited to see it. And um, have you, I've never been to uh, Canoe Copia, and I've, I've heard a lot of good things about it. Um, you know, Brian and I talked about, like, some of the shows that we were wanted to do outside of the actual, like, the fishing and boat shows that we all kind of been involved with, uh, in the past, like whether we've been guests, you know, or just visiting to do it or whatever with shops. So one of the things he had mentioned was, uh, Canucopia. And I was like, man, from what I understand, dude, that's a, a really good thing to get out to if you're a vendor, um, you know, because you could get like really target our specific like genre of kayak fishing, you know, in a sense. So, um, I know they have a wide variety of stuff also, but it's a it's a good show from what I understand. So Yeah, largest in the country, I believe. Yeah. Is what at least that's what they advertise, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh uh Ben reached out like I stated before and sent us some tethers for us to review. So we're gonna talk some uh some more tethers. And uh I'm gonna start out saying that I got the foam tether and the i think it's one of the larger tethers it would be used for like your catch boards or whatever so um ben you want to kind of go through what your guys's current lineup is currently what you guys got going on yeah absolutely um the biggest things that we sell clearly are the phone tethers it's probably one of the most expensive pieces you carry with you on your kayak if not every day um mm-hmm. can't fish a tournament without it yeah. uh you're you're done 
it's, it's the absolute must-have thing. So the, we have two separate phone tethers. Uh, we have the card style that, that slides into the case, so a case is required. Uh, that's the one I prefer personally. Um, mm-hmm. And then we have the web style that, that stretches over uh, up to a six-and-a-half-inch phone. So if, if you don't want um, something that goes in your case, that, that's okay. That, you know, we have an option for you. Um, if you want something that's quicker, you know, you can, you can definitely use um, the Talon, which is the stretch style. But, I mean, you can see it on my phone right now. I, I keep the Hawk in here uh, at all times. So with nice. or without the carabiner, it, it doesn't matter. It's pretty small if you take the carabiner out. So you hear a lot of that. You know, I, I don't want to take it in and out all the time. Well, you don't have to. Um, you can leave it in there, take the carabiner off of it. It's, it's pretty minimal. Uh, of a tag just hanging out the end of your phone. Um, yeah. Other than the phone tethers, we have the tool tethers, uh, four different ones there. Uh, you got, I think, all three of them, and then you kind of uh, spread them out throughout some of your buddies there. But um, yeah. we have a triple tether, which is the shorter one that goes more on your PFD or if you're ice fishing on your bibs, you know, something that's right on your chest. Um, and then we have the 40, the 65, and the 85. And then as the number goes up, they get bigger. Yeah. Um, those are to hold, I mean, various items, obviously tools, dry boxes, catch boards, uh, bump boards, whatever you want to call them. Um, and then we have your typical rod leash, paddle leash, and that kind of thing. Cool. Cool. And you said the phone tether was your number one seller? Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, I'd probably 10 to one, honestly. Nice. Nice. Um, I mean, I got to commend you, dude. Um, I, I wasn't aware that you had two options to utilize for the phone tether. Um, I was under the assumption that you had the, uh, the rubber grip style. Didn't know you had a card style. And that's, that's pretty cool, man. Cause a, a lot of companies that are out there will kind of utilize just kind of one sometimes, you know, and then yeah. they just stick with that one. So, um, I know we did we, one of my first extra episodes on the podcast was from a company that was based out of like California that deals with uh, diving types like tools and they make like a tether that is sort of like a clip on it kind of reminds you of the boomerang you know the boomerang snips that people have for um, yeah, like I, I cutting have fish. Yep. yeah so this company makes a style of tethers like that and they had offered like three or four different kind of mounting options also kind of for ways you can utilize for your phone, but it was all kind of separate. Like it, it was kind of weird. I didn't, we all kind of had like a phone tether size, but we all had different stuff and didn't really understand like what we actually had. And Jay had mentioned one point, he's like, dude, I, I went and bought, went and visited their site and realized that they had this other mounting option, but we weren't really even aware of it. So, you know, it's definitely, it's definitely a, a great thing that you kind of show like, you know, that you guys have two options out there. I know personally I have, I carry a, um, a, I have a life proof case on my galaxy. So utilizing the card style I liked, but at the same time, I'm like, I wonder if that's going to mess with the case itself. Cause I have dropped this thing and in the water and it did its job, but there was something wrong with my latch on the bottom and water got in and it cooked my battery. It didn't mess up my phone, but it messed up the actual battery itself. And when I was on a trip, it's like, uh, I was on a 10 hour float by myself and I'm trying to call my wife cause she's freaking out. And every time I would call her, I could only talk to her for 15 seconds cause my phone would actually, I could feel it getting hotter 
as I was sitting there talking to her. So I was like, I can't stay on here real long. I'm just going to keep calling you, updating that I'm all right. And I have to go because I'm afraid this stupid lithium battery is going to explode next to my ears. So. <laughs> <laughs> You've seen the videos. That's not good. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I ain't messing around. And I literally dropped it in like two inches of water. It was right when I was getting ready to launch. And I had put it in my vest and didn't zip my vest up. And I leaned over to grab my paddle and it just plopped right out. So I've been fortunate. I've never dropped one in the bottom of the lake. But um, I dropped this one last season, this exact phone. And everything held up fine so far. But, you know, it's when it's in a tournament or I mean, it just it takes a little bit of depth. And you realize you're not going to probably get that back, whether you dropped it somewhere, it's real rocky and it can kind of go down in between some rocks or in the sticks or somewhere that you know that you're not going to really want to be putting your hand and trying to dive down and get, even if it's kind of on the shallow side. Right. I, I heard, or actually, yeah, Nate Gloria told me a story uh, right before he left for Hobie Worlds. He was fishing and, and dropped his phone in six foot of water. Said it was the second time that he had done it. Um, which is crazy that he got it back so he could fly. I think he went to Australia, actually. And uh, I saw him at uh, Mozingo, and he told me that story. I, I did the, the Hobie satellite there, uh, I think it was last August. And he, uh, I ran into him at the ramp, and he told me that. Um, I was like, dude, I, I got you. Like, I, I had a bunch of them in the car ready to go. So he's using that all the time now. And uh, it's just crazy to hear the stories. Like, everyone has a phone story. And if you don't, your buddy does and you give him crap about it like all the time like every single person you know has a story or know someone that has done it yeah and if they don't have a story yet you will oh, you yeah. ver- you will absolutely <laughs> unless you're smart to it and then you start catching on and you're like you know what i'm just gonna go ahead and pull the trigger and get a phone tether so hit up robohawk man i got you guys covered so. yeah man uh i was looking at my i pulled up my verizon thing the other day to see what i was paying for insurance you know, on your phone. And, uh, it's like 10 or I think 10 or $12 a month. So the, the talent tether is, is $15 and the Hawk is 16. Um, pretty much about one month of your insurance that they require that you have, uh, you can just save yourself some time and just make sure you don't drop and have to use it. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, man. It's, it's a great idea. So what kind of made you think to start making tethers? Like when did you guys start RoboHawk? Uh, I started the company in the summer of 2018. Um, I've been making these since 2015. That's when I got my first kayak. Um, making them since then. I went on a fishing trip with buddies and, and took some with me. And they were they were playing with them. And they thought they were cool. Like, man, these are awesome. Like, you should sell these. I was like, yeah, you know, I, I could. Um, so I kind of played around with it for a while. Um, the design I had was, was rough at the time. It wasn't meant to, to aesthetically look great it was just meant to be functional um so i kind of kept updating them and got a company name put together a website and so forth and slowly started uh rolling them out and selling them uh in the yeah right around june probably of 2018 awesome man and how's business been going so far it's it's good man it, it picks up all the time and um you know for for the middle of winter december and january i Every night, you know, I, I have a full-time job, so this is part-time for me right now. And, you know, it's two, three hours a night, four or five hours on the weekends. It's, it's pretty crazy just trying to keep up with everything. Yeah. Yeah, man. And you guys are kind of, you know, I noticed it's getting real active for you. There's You guys got some anglers that are really kind of pushing RoboHawk, and that's awesome, man. It's, it's great. We really love seeing these small companies like yours. 
you know, start to do well and start because you guys kind of got that. I mean, you're a kayak angler, so you are making a product and you stand behind it. And it, it's something that you enjoy doing because it's it's the other passion that you have, kayak angling. And you're like, you know what, why not start a business? And it kind of makes it easier to do work like that, you know, when you have a passion. Like when I was at the boat show, I was laughing. I'm like, man, you know, I worked all week, worked like a, a 50 hour work week or so. And I'm like, man, you know, really kind of think about it. Like the last thing I want to do is do more work on Saturday, Sunday. I haven't seen the kids, but I got out there and it's kind of cool when you're involved in the business of just talking, even just talking kayak fishing, get people involved, you know, getting them to spark an interest in something you have passion about. It makes it really easy to talk about and it actually makes it, it made the time fly by. I was like, I didn't really feel like I was working, you know? Yeah. You just have a great time. Yeah. So. What is some of the stuff that's going to set Robohawk apart from the competition? That's a great question. Uh, when, when it comes to the materials that go into all of our products, uh, we try a lot of stuff out first to see what the best is. It, it wasn't find the cheapest one and use that. So if, right. if it can be uh, produced and bought and made in the United States, it, it's going to be. Um, nearly every component is. The, the carabiner is not. I just couldn't find one. Um, that was, you know, cost effective to keep the price of the overall product down. Right. Otherwise, you know, the, the core is made in the United States. The, the crimp that goes on there is, um, the, the paracord sheath on the outside is also made, made in the United States. That was really important to me. Mm -hmm. Um, and obviously I want to pass that on and then, you know, everything's handmade. Absolutely everything. Um, everything is, is coiled, uh, custom by me right now. And then and put together with with my two hands. So uh, awesome. I'll stand behind that all day long. Very cool, man. And uh, one thing that I wanted to kind of give you like a kind of a comparison, like so. I, I everybody's aware that I did a rogue video recently. Um, I talked to Mark, and Mark's company offers a larger carabiner on their on their tethers. But one of the things that I found like looking at both of your guys's products is that in a sense, you guys should kind of utilize both of them. In my opinion, like this is awesome for the phone tether. And I think like the bigger ones, like say for your catch boards or whatever could benefit from using a larger one. You know, it doesn't have to be by any means, like they both actually work, but I was sitting there thinking in my head, I'm like, where I'm, I plan on hitting my phone tether is going to be on the inside. I have a NRS, uh, Chinook, right? And there's actually tether points built inside the pocket. And I'm like, this is going to strap in a lot easier than a larger, the larger size carabiner. And, but then at the same time, I'm like, but the larger carabiner could kind of be utilized a little bit better with some of the mounting points that you have on kayaks, I guess. Like, you know, some of them have like like big spots of webbing on the seed or, you know, something of that nature or, or handle that's readily available right there. That larger carabiner is going to actually probably fit better. Like I have, I have a Coos HD. It's an older model and it has like a cloth style, style handle right actually in a good spot to be able to tether my board, uh, my uh, catch board to. So I was like, yeah, this is a, this is going to kind of struggle. I, it'll, I think it'll clip on, but it's going to be a really tight fit. So I was one, you know, just throwing that out there for you guys. You guys might be able to utilize kind of both to your benefit to kind of make it um, like fit different options or even maybe like 
or you could even buy a couple carabiners, like, you know, Robohawk carabiners and like you have a large size and a small size, you know, something like that. Did you guys ever give any thought behind that? Yeah. When, when I started, I actually had a bigger carabiner, mm -hmm. um, similar to that size. And, and I like the smaller ones for, for multiple reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, the first one being what you said, if you have a tight area, uh, that carabiner is more likely to clip to it. Yeah. Um, but I wanted it to be able to fit around pad eyes, which is really um, important nice. on, yeah. on kayaks. So pad eyes, if you have any bungee on your kayak, it'll fit around that. But I, I measured it. Um, the carabiner I have, it is smaller, but it'll still open to, a, I think, it's about three quarters of an inch. And then yeah. I, I took the big one, which which is a lot bigger. The diameter is bigger, so it's harder to get through those small loops on a vest or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, it only opened like an inch. It didn't open that much bigger. So when it, when it came to, um, you know, how is this going to tether to a popular spot on a kayak, the smaller one just made sense. Yeah. But uh, the the one you have with you, that's that's the really cool thing about them is the the carabiner here. This can be your anchor point, but it doesn't have to be. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times people will connect whatever they want to tether with a carabiner and yeah. then <clears throat> loop this around the seat. Yeah, it like loop with, it through. Yep, exactly. And it also yeah. comes with a split ring. So you can attach that split ring to anywhere you want or remove it completely um, and attach it that way. But I connect a lot of things to my seat because it's right there. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Like, you know, the catch boards come with like those pre-drilled holes and you could actually probably just thread the actual uh, key ring onto it, thread it, you know, through itself on the base of, you know, on the bar of your seat and then clip the carabiner to that key key ring. And then you can kind of makes a quick disconnect point, you know, as opposed to trying to even feed it through the board itself. You'd have it the key ring always on your board. So you can even yeah. make it like movable at that point, like a little bit easier to kind of deal with. Yeah, That's personally, cool. personally, the one that I have on my hog trough, um, I don't have a split ring on it at all. I put the loop through the board and mm -hmm. then I just clip the carabiner to the webbing in my seat. The gotcha. the part that kind of is your, uh, your recline portion of the seat, it clips right on there pretty well. Nice. So that's what's kind of cool about this. You know, you guys are doing these, these tethers and there's multiple mounting options. It's kind of like a personal preference. And at that point, what do you like, you know, what, what looks clean to you or, you know, or whatnot. So, um, now how many colors are you guys offering and what are the colors? Yeah, we have, we have nine colors. Um, I wish I could probably rattle them all off, but, uh, most popular ones are black widow, which are black and red, um, mm -hmm. gecko, which is a mix of, uh, neon green, uh, Kelly green, yellow and black. So it kind of looks like that new uh, Hobie 360 Amazon, actually. When I nice. saw that come out, I was like, oh, that's a perfect fit. <laughs> so um, neon orange is really popular for that high visibility. A lot of people really like neon orange. Um, we have a, a blue camo that people like. You know, the goal when we first started was to um, try to match kayaks. And, you know, the popular colors of kayaks are generally, you know, orange, green, and blue. Mm -hmm. um and then surprisingly the red and black one just it it kills um nice. it's by far uh the, the number one seller that's cool yeah i've got this is the color that i have it looks like it's kind of like a uh an orange black and white 
ish, but it's yeah. almost like a red, like it almost looks red or pink almost. I can't even like to be honest with you. I think it's my lighting is really kind of crappy in here, but it that looks like one, an orange uh, black. That one's called Neon Orange Ninja, which I don't offer anymore. So okay. I I like taking colors on and off. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm never gonna get rid of what sells. You know, the top three, four, or five colors, but yeah. I I take I keep track of all that. And if, if something isn't moving like the other ones are, I'm, I'm going to swap it out. I'm going to try something different, you know, limited edition type stuff. Um, and th- at the same point, if someone contacts me and bought that color, they're like, hey, do you, can you still do that? I was like, Absolutely. Like, right. I still have, you know, a thousand foot of it. So <laughs> we can, <laughs> yeah, like, no we can definitely still do it for you. Well, that's cool, man. Like, you kind of come out with new stuff, keep it fresh, you know, not the same stuff sitting there all the time. That's cool. I respect that for sure. Um, now is it pretty a labor intensive process for you to make one of these? Yeah, it's, it's pretty tough on the hands. Um, I mean, it's, it's all hands, but I, uh, it's a funny story, but I rebuilt a, a tin boat like in 2014, um, before I got, uh, my kayak. So I, you know, cut everything out and framed everything with, with aluminum channel, um, just, I was using a sawzall for it and riveting and, and everything. Um, my hands hurt so bad from that. I went to a doctor and I had a carpal tunnel. So I ended up doing this. Like it doesn't make any sense, but it, it's pretty tough on the hands. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, after a while you, you get pretty good at it, obviously, uh, like you do anything. Um, but, but yeah, like I, I still get blisters and sores. I burn myself all the time and yeah, they're, they're labor intensive. So I actually, uh, I was showing uh, another kayak angler how to make them. He's going to help me out a little bit. And, uh, you know, when I was going through that process, it, it kind of reminded me like how difficult and challenging it was, uh, when I all started, it's like, Oh, I, I remember like the struggle. Right? Yeah. Like um, at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I mean, I could fly through them now. Um, just because I've had thousands and thousands of repetitions. Uh, but to yeah. watch someone start from scratch was really unique. Like, kind of cool yeah. to see. Are you like giving him crap? No, I I felt bad. <laughs> I, yeah, man, like it's it's not easy. It's it's yeah. confusing. Um, there's there's a right way to do it to get it to turn out. You know how I have to have it a certain way, otherwise it's not gonna fly. Um, and you know he he came along. So like after a little bit of practice, they started getting better and better. Um, and, and I think they'll continue to get better and better. So it'll really help us build that inventory up that we haven't been able to do. Uh, yeah. Every time I build inventory, it's gone. Like, That's I, yeah. So if you order something right now, you'll get it mailed within a day or two, but that's because I'm making it. Um, if I get a time where it slows down, I will pump out, uh, you know, whatever selling a bunch of inventory, have it ready. And then in a week or two, it's, it's gone and I'm back to square one. Uh, so I work full time, like I mentioned. And so this is right now kind of a spare time deal. And, you know, my wife probably wishes it didn't exist for the sake of me helping more. Right. Um, let's, uh, that's kind of what it is right now. Uh, So how long does it take to make one of these? Uh, so the, that's the largest one of the recoil tethers. I'd say about 15 to 20 minutes to make one. That's cool. Yeah. So it takes a little bit of time man. it's not real simple for you. Now, what are you doing for your real job besides making tethers? Uh, like I'm an insurance job? adjuster. Okay, cool. Yeah, man. So I'm I'm at body shops a lot. I look at crashed up metal. 
Okay. <laughs> I kind of do the opposite. I actually make, I work in a steel industry that produces automotive steel. So we're kind of making the metal that's going to be replacing your crushed up steel. So you. you guys are keeping us in business. Uh, and everyone else is keeping me in business. So. <laughs> so are you got, do you guys have any plans to do anything at like uh, the national championship expo or, uh, or any of the other kayak tournaments or anything, or maybe even like, um, Oh gosh, why uh, I cast? No, no, I'm not. It's it's grassroots, right? Like it, I'm gonna keep it that way. Cool. Uh, my my strategy right now and my goals are to stay not keep the company small, but keep keep the touch small. Um, I really like working with a lot of the small clubs. Um, cool. I like helping out the grassroots stuff. If if I can get into something a little bigger, uh, I'll I will um talking to a few people about uh the that all american they're coming out with josh booth is coming out with that all american i think tyler cole's helping him out with that uh, both of those guys help me out so i might try to get in with that i don't know if you've seen it or not but it sounds like an awesome tournament with all the local clubs kind of yeah. having one championship i think it's going to be on table rock so it sounds awesome yeah. i mean it's kind of like that mix of grass uh, grassroots getting bigger so yeah, we kind of we had something up here Midwest wise. I'm not sure if you heard of it. It's called a Crossroads Classic, and so some of the local kind of state trails that are in the Illinois, Indiana, Wisconsin, Ohio uh, area did something similar. So what they ended up doing was sending like the top three or three to four, I'm not exactly sure the number, three to four, maybe even five anglers to this tournament. And what they did is did it at a kind of centralized lake for everybody to kind of try to try to get the same distance of driving. And they did it as a team format. It was kind of cool. So there was like the KBL League, and then there was like the Mayo uh, team, which was the Michigan-Ohio Trail. There's one that's kind of split between both states. Um I'm not 100% sure if the Buckeye one, because I'm in Ohio, the Buckeye one, I'm not sure did one, but they had a Illinois chapter, a couple Indiana chapters. Like it was kind of, and they had a lot of fun doing it because they did it as a team format. And it was cool seeing these teams that people kind of normally have been fishing against each other start working together as a team and helping each other out. Are they doing that again this year? Yeah. Yeah. They I are, think okay. it was pretty successful. So it's, uh, it's something that's kind of, a little bit new, you know, and it's kind of cool because we're seeing these like little team formats come up. Like we did one uh, around Thanksgiving called the Turkey Bowl and Sam Jones, the guy who does our tournament, uh, tournament recap section, the reel down, he puts it on with Alan Reed and that's a charity tournament and it's a team format and it's like three, three members on a team and it raised like literally we put a truck, a uh, tire, like pickup truck full of food that was located or donated to their like local basically food bank okay and we had a lot of fun doing that because everybody got together with with it with not being so serious you know but still get to fish it was freezing out there it was awful so like most a lot of teams did pretty bad but it was all really for a good cause but yeah i i like seeing the grassroots kind of tournament trails kind of come together and put on these different like events it's cool to see yeah, it's it's tough to travel. I mean, like I have I have two kids. I work full time. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, I, I do this too. So it's like I, I have to make some sacrifices, and and usually that sacrifice is my time on the water, which yeah. at the same time is kind of an excuse for me to get out sometimes. 
is, you know, like, uh, I, Hey, I need to get some photos of this, or I need to touch base with some guys or, or I just want to have fun and fish just like everybody else. Right. Um, so, you know, those sacrifices are definitely there, but, um, you know, being able to do it local and then still have an opportunity to win some big money at the end of the year without traveling, you know, five, six, seven, ten hours away, like some of these guys right. are doing, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's it's a hard thing to kind of put together to be able to travel like some of those like national trails like that. Like personally, I'm in the same boat as you. We were talking earlier and we both have kids that are the same age and you know, people are like, Hey, you're going to start doing tournaments. I'm like, first off, I'm not that good of an angler to like, <laughs> and I don't have the time. Like, even if I wanted to do a trail and I did the trail, I still couldn't put it, put it together to be able to go pre-fish for two or three days prior to it to try to make like, you know, make a decent chance at it. It's just, it's not going to happen. Exactly. So, I mean, I'm good with the weekend warrior type thing, go out, do some floats on the river with the dudes from, you know, my shop and some of the paddle and fin. Cause Brad and I both start fishing gear and it's hilarious. Cause we kind of met through paddle and fin and we live five minutes away from each other. We became both hosts and it's hilarious. And I knew Brad like through a website before, like a fishing forum, but never had met him. But, you know, like we just kind of do some of the little tournaments here. It's kind of fun, you know, doing the podcast stuff, but it takes up a good amount of time oh, to yeah. sit down and try to schedule out interviews and contact people. So it's like, mm, I don't need to make the wife too much more angry than she already gets. So that's tough know. balance. Yeah, it is. It definitely is. But, you know, um, I think she's maybe your wife's like mine. She kind of sees it, the passion I have for it. So she's, you know, she supports it, um, to an extent, you know, she just doesn't want to interfere too much where I don't get to spend time with the boys. But I told her, I was like, you're going to be in trouble soon, probably in about the next three to four years when all of a sudden you realize we're like a fishing team and <laughs> you're going to have to learn to fish to see your kids. So yeah, that that's a good plan. I like that a lot. I, uh, I took my kids out uh, sledding for like an hour before their nap time today, just to, you know, I knew I had this going on the night and uh, wasn't going to be able to help like I, you know, normally do. Um, mm. So we, we had a good time, you know, we, we got too much snow already and I'm ready for open water, but. Yeah. Where are you located at? Uh, I'm in the Des Moines, Iowa area. So you guys got some of the snow with the storm? Yeah, we, uh, we got lucky. Like it, it hasn't, it, winter didn't start until a week or two after the new year. Mm-hmm. And then it was constant. That's kind of what it did last year too. And I, I hope it's not a repeat because last year was, was miserable. Um, but it, it took a while to make ice too. Like I, I went, I'm from Northeast Iowa originally, um, mm-hmm. small town, you know, and I went back up home for, for the Christmas, you know, had a few days off when ice fishing a ton. Cause they always get ice weeks before we do. Um, you know, and God, the weather down here, people in central Iowa were not able to even ice fish until <laughs> after Christmas. So they were itching yeah. bad. They were driving north, doing whatever they could just to go. Yeah, we get we get a little bit. I'm in the southern part of Ohio and we've we had like this weird 45 to 55 degree average happening throughout January. And wow. it, it's still around like we're we don't they keep calling for snow but eventually somehow that warm air keeps pushing up man and it did turns into rain like 
I went out to the truck earlier before we jumped on our call and I was grabbing, I th- yeah, I grabbed a couple of the rods I took to the fishing expo, put them back in the garage. And I was like, dude, it's just like kind of icy, but not real bad. And then I'm like, I guarantee I checked the weather and it's going to be, I don't know that it's, we're going to get snow, you know, like I don't even know that it's going to happen this year. I guarantee it's probably going to be like what you said. It's going to happen. It's going to be like February and then it's going to be March. And then I'm like, did it snow literally on April 15th? You know, it's going to be something weird like that. Cause in Ohio, I'm convinced that the seasons are shifting like a month later than what they're supposed to at this point. That's possible. We, so we always weird. get those same storms. It's, it's like, oh, spring's coming. Like it's it's middle of March, all the yeah. snow finally melted, and and Mother Nature or Mother Nature <laughs> will give you one last taste of it, and it's mm. usually a bad one. Yeah, yeah, it's the worst one. So, do you guys got any uh, upcoming plans? Any new products or anything? Do you guys do anything else besides the tethers, like the tool tethers? Do you do anything else that is kind of uh, unique? So, I guess I would say what's unique is really the ice fishing stuff. Like, um. I'm, I'm in a territory like we talked where, where we get a lot of ice, um, mm-hmm. or I can go North and get even more ice. Um, and, and nothing was out there at all for, for ice fishing. And it was, uh, last winter and it's like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to go fishing. I'm going to make something for myself and, and see what works and see what I like. And, and I made that triple tether up, which in the winter time kayak a little bit, but in the winter time, it's huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, wearing, wearing your bibs and, and, and clipping on your tools it's so easy they're right there um the cell phone ones are great for that too there's stories about phones down ice holes all the time um i mean whether you don't want to lose it down an ice hole or you just don't want to drop it on the slush on the top or whatever it may be right you don't want to get your tools cold all that stuff like it, it just works great um that that's why we're busy 12 months out of the year there's no slowdown um it i mean i, I i'm selling a lot of stuff right now you know, down south because up here it's still ice. Right. And, you know, that'll transition over probably mid March or so when people up here really get that itch. Uh, but right now everyone's full blown ice. But um, as for like new products, we, we do have uh, a new product coming out um, probably within the next two to four weeks. Um, cool. Trying to, trying to get some promotional stuff kind of set up for it and do it right. Um, it, it is a rod leash. Um, that's about all I'm going to say about it. It, it yeah. is like nothing that anyone has or anyone's seen before. And, uh, I, I think people are going to be really impressed by it. Uh, how easy it is to use. It, it's just, it's a different take on it. Um, I, I will not call anything a game changer by any means. Cause it's, it's a rod leash. There, <laughs> it does one thing, right? It, right. It, as long as it does its job and keeps that rod in the boat. So you don't, don't lose it. It's going to do its job and, and you're going to like how it does it. Heck yeah, man. That's awesome. I'm, I'm excited to hear it. Um, I don't personally actually use rod leashes. I tend to use nothing and I tend to chuck my, uh, my bay caster setups into the water. So maybe it's something I'll have to check out and start utilizing. <laughs> so, um, now you guys, you were kind of mentioning about like being into ice fishing and that sort of thing. Did you guys also get like that Christmas rush at the same time you were dealing like doing some ice fishing business? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's Black Friday and ice fishing like hand in hand, just mesh together. Yeah. Like, so 
everyone that fishes knows what the itch is like you all of a sudden just are so darn eager to get out and up up here because we i mean you're you're more the north as well but because you have the seasons um it's, it's just crazy so when when everyone has that ice fishing itch and then black friday comes um like i, I was working five hours every night just trying to keep up and and it was crazy it was great but it was crazy yeah, that's a lot of hours to be putting in too, man. On top of your, you know, your day job. So, yeah, you got to be able to work off, you know, four or five hours of sleep. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And you're, you've got two little ones, man. It, it's like you're like you think you might catch up, and nope, nope. That one of the little ones decided to be sick or yep. coming and see mommy and daddy, and yeah, I feel your pain there, man. Yeah. Well, if anything, they help prepare me for the lack of sleep. So. <laughs> They, they, they trained you <laughs> very well. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just want to say, you know, I did appreciate you sending in stuff in and letting us try it out. You know, um, I know some of the guys that didn't have tethers, they were real excited to, to try this stuff out. And I was interested to see like, you know, uh, what the difference in just two, two of the well-known companies that are making these, you know, for the kayak fishing community, like how, how do they compare? You know, uh, what's cool about it is they're both very similar, uh, yet they have their own their own things, too, you know, to separate you guys apart. And I think that it's kind of a, a healthy thing to have, like, you know, a little bit of competition in business. You don't you know, it, it'd be great like that if like because you're kind of trying to keep this grassroots, you said, like, you know, you're working you know, eight, nine hours a day at your or day job. And then you're putting in five hours during the busy time, you know, during shopping season, man, that's a lot of time. And, you know, you, it could be something if you were the only company out there that you could get in over your head and realize, man, I can't stay caught up with it and then potentially lose business because of that, you know, mm-hmm. but it's just, it's, it's cool seeing kayak anglers come up with some, you know, innovative products that, you know, that really kind of, you guys are utilizing what your needs are to kind of get that out to somebody else, you know, like, Hey, it's like you said, you started utilizing this with, you know, ice fishing because you found, Hey, it's, it's a need. And this, this, this goes beyond sitting in a kayak, you know, a lot of this stuff could go beyond fishing within itself, you know? And, um, you know, it's cool. It's cool. I wish you all the success in the world, man. Um, you know, do you got any uh, got any other kind of things that you uh, got coming up as far as like maybe just kayaking in general? Any kind of tournaments? Like you said, you were in the local thing. What are you looking forward to this year? Yeah, well, the first thing I need to do is, is buy a new boat. Yeah, uh, I feel I, you there. Uh, I had a Old Town Predator PDL that I sold at the end of the last season. So I'm, you know, when I go to Canoe Copia, like that's on top of my mind. So. <laughs> I, uh, I need to get something to float. Uh, haven't decided what it is yet. Like I said, that Slayer Max looks nice. Uh, Titan looks nice too, man. Like I, my daughter's four and I want to take her out and I think it'd be pretty easy to do in in a Titan as big as it is. Um, so I'm just looking to fish. I mean, my personally, whether it's, it's just for fun or tournaments and, you know, we have our local trail here and I'll probably do two or three of those. Um, I, I sponsor clubs, I mean, all around the Midwest. Um, I, I want to go to theirs too. Like I, I want to hang out with them and fish their tournament. And, um, you know, Nebraska has one in April. That's in Omaha. I can do, that's only two hours from here. That's closer than some of them here in, in Iowa. So yeah. there's, there's a lot of stuff going on in the Midwest. And, um, 
I'm just looking forward to fish and, and helping people out. Heck yeah, man. That's how I am. I'm not a big tournament guy, so I'm just itching to get back out on the water. It's been since maybe the beginning of November since I fished at all. And I was telling Ricketts at the show, I'm like, dude, I just want to get out there. And then our dry suits finally came in. So I got excited. I'm like, all right, dude, we're going to record like a really goofy video of us falling out of our kayaks with dry suits on. But I really want to fish too. So we got to ruin your day. Right. (laughs) Well, we're going to, we're thinking about even getting like the uh, fire rescue team down to, you know, to the shop and set up and see if, you know, if they have an interest in it. Cause you know, they, those guys trained to do it. And I think they could even benefit to kind of get awareness out there, you know, like we'll get some social media awareness out. Like, Hey, this is the kind of stuff when you guys aren't wearing like proper gear that can happen. And, you know, maybe interview some of the fire rescue and let them give their take on it. So, but, um, you know, one of the things I wanted, we were going to ask, I was at, you kind of answered my question there was like, what kayak were you in? And obviously you don't have one yet, but yeah. you're going to look at one. So yeah, I'm looking to try to upgrade this year also. So I'm not, I haven't quite figured it out. I was kind of looking at the Jackson you pick. Um, I like taking my little one, he's four and he really likes to get on the rivers and that boat has this really, really crazy, comfortable, open front layout of the boat where he can sit and, um, and it's even got a gear track that's extra long that runs almost the entire length of the boat where I could put an extra seat in eventually if I'd like to. So, yeah, that's, that's cool. I think like even, uh, like new canoe sells like a buddy seat, right? Yeah. Uh, I can't remember for what frontier, maybe, I don't know what boat it was, but they, they sell like a, a buddy seat or a kid seat where you can install it on the tracks and, and take them out. So, um, you know, that's, that's cool. I, I'm looking forward to doing that this summer with my daughter as well. And, with my son when he's a little bit older yeah so have you guys thought about doing like some i know you're active on social media and you got you know some anglers on board to start like posting for you guys you guys gonna do anything like video wise or anything to that nature this year some like mini robot or uh, robohawk commercials going on uh there there will be some of that uh you will definitely see some um luckily i got some some good connections in that route but the, the first thing on my agenda is, is uh, actually tutorials, kind of like you and I talked about today. Yeah. Um, you, you only get so much from a, a picture. I mean, it, uh, knowing the different mounting options and, and how they work and how to attach them, and yeah. you just have to see it. So uh, sometime in February, those will probably be on the website uh, under the individual products themselves. So we'll, we'll do the ones for the... the, the uh, the, the tool tethers, the recoil series, mm-hmm. and then we'll do the phone ones too. So a lot of people have questions about them. They want to, you know, if you can see them compared to a phone, it's going to help. If you can see how it attaches to a seat or a or tool or what, whatever you want, like you'll get a better idea. And that, that's going to be important, I think, coming up um, and, and kind of help our customers out. And that's the ultimate goal with that. Heck yeah, man. Look forward to seeing that as well. Well, I do appreciate you coming on. Like I said, we had fun testing this stuff out. Sorry, Daniel, again, that I forgot the part that you actually needed the most. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, was there anything else you wanted to add in? Anything, any uh, spons- you know, other fishing sponsors you might have? Anybody you want to shout out tonight? No, man, I'm my only sponsor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's yeah, all right. I, I, I just... don't seek that stuff out too much. Like like you mentioned earlier, like I'm, I'm not a good angler. Like I'm <laughs> mediocre at best. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'll own up to it. I'm not going to try to be something I'm not. 
So, <laughs> right, Robohawk is my only sponsor. Absolutely. <laughs> like, I just, I paddle for Loveland Canoe and Kayak. They were who I bought my kayak stuff from before, and they started to do, like, a team. I'm like, yeah, man, I'm more than happy to represent somebody who, you know, provided good customer service and that sort of thing. But, yeah, that's about it. I mean, I'm not really sponsored by Paddle and Finn. I just kind of work for them for free. No. You wear the hat, <laughs> man. You got it down. That's all you got to do. Yeah, well, we get the hats, but yeah, um, but yeah, we have I have a lot of fun doing this. I, you know, I'm like, ah, eh, I got so much time. The podcasting and talking to people in the companies, kind of, you know, and within the industry from different companies, it's it's a good time. You know, you you kind of learn things that maybe you didn't kind of realize before about the product, or like you said, you know, different mounting options, that sort of thing. You know, it's those little things. If you don't, we don't talk about it, people don't really ne may necessarily think about it and they might do something that works better for one person, but not for the other, you know, and it's cool to open up all that, you know, all those options for everybody to be able to utilize and benefit to, you know, whatever degree that they want. But but dude, like I said before, I appreciate you coming on. Um, I did notice that when we were talking earlier before, we had, we did, ben, ben and I had slight connection issues when we first started. Like the first 10 minutes of our conversation before we recorded went like superbly well. And the instant that I hit record, everything went downhill from there. So I think we kind of realized that maybe his Wi-Fi signal was kind of in a bad spot. So he moved. And um, I kind of wish he didn't because... But I did notice that you had your flag behind you. Or, um, and so I assume that you're a veteran, correct? No, no, I'm not at all. You're not? No, you don't have to be a veteran to love the United States of America. That's awesome, man. Well, no, so. see, <laughs> uh, I thought maybe you were, you know. No, but no I, I, cool. love the, I just love supporting all the guys. Obviously, like, the kayak fishing, you know, all the anglers, there are a lot of veterans, and that's important to me. So yeah. I'm, I'm going to take it seriously, and, and I'm not a veteran, but I have a lot of family members that were. Um, I'm just going to support it all the way. Heck yeah, man. That's awesome. I, pre you know, that's really cool. I, I did not serve. Um, I attempted to, but things kind of fell through cause I, uh, was too self-serving myself to kind of worry about stuff like that back then. But, you know, um, I just, I, I congratulate you on the success that Robohawk is having. And, you know, I do wish that you guys continue to grow. It's cool to see, like I said, the small companies, this grassroots style of business that people are doing. Cause you know, I've met guys who are making tournament ID holders, you know, and they're awesome. And it's like, dude, like that thing, I think it's going to blow up, man. You know, it's going to overtake some of the other options that people have been using for a while. In my opinion, once they get, they see it and they start seeing it more on like social media and that thing. And, you know, that, that was kind of the same thing that when we first started seeing the tethers, you're like, dude, it's gonna, this is going to blow up for these guys, you know, granted you guys are small, but it's like, you know, it's, it's still keeping you busy. It's making you some extra money and you know, it's cool. I appreciate it, man. Cause yeah. you know, you guys are making stuff that keeps us from losing our money, you know, like we invest in and the last thing you want to do is, lose your $60 catch board or, you know, your $900 mini television that sits in your pocket, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, you know, some of it's more important than others, but whether you spend $10 on a set of pliers or 40, like would you rather just buy it once and just call right. it a day or, you know, it, it really could, it could ruin your day. Like a set of pliers could ruin your day. <laughs> yeah. Like as simple as that. Yes. Your phone absolutely will. But your, your pliers or your scissors, whatever you cut line with, like 
if, if you don't have your braid scissors, what, what are you going to do? Like if, yeah. if you break off, you're like, you're kind of done. Or so like, say you catch like a giant pike and just before then you dropped your pliers and you get to try to take a hook out and to eat oh, your finger off. Not going to happen. <laughs> like it's, it's weird. Like that stuff's not important. Like, you know, some people buy the, you know, the cheapest stuff out there and, yeah. and that's fine, but you should protect it. And, you know, you work hard for that money and might as well strap it up and make sure you don't have to buy it once. Heck yeah, man. Well, thanks again, Ben. Um, you know, anytime you want to come back on the show, you want to talk, feel free to reach out, you know, Pat and Finn, we're always more than welcome to have you back on, man. All right. Yeah. I appreciate you guys. Thanks so much for having me. Not a problem. Well, with that, we're going to wrap up everybody. Uh, hope everybody's having a good year so far. Uh, feel free to check us out on YouTube or all the other social media, um, aspects as well as all the, um, podcast platforms that we're on you know once you get on there if you could give us like a you know a five-star rating or thumbs up whatever it is whatever rating system it really kind of helps it's not necessarily to kind of promote us as much as it is to start trying to reach other anglers that might be have an interest in seeing it as well that's what helps actually kind of spread paddle and fin across the board and you know other people might like it as well so uh, but with that tight lines and smooth paddling Go check out the website, guys. Paddle, the letter N and fin.com. Also, check out YouTube, youtube.com forward slash paddle and fin. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest, feel free to email us at paddle, the letter N and fin at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media. We're doing giveaways, announcements, things like that at Facebook and Instagram at paddle and fin. Shout out to our show supporters, Rocktown Adventures, Loveland Canoe and Kayak, Hammered Lures, Fish Mob Lures, TRC Covers, Catch Products. Go to catchproducts.com. You can put the paddle and fin logo go right on your catchboard. Don't forget to go over and pick up your Jig Masters jigs. Use promo code PNF20 and save 20% today. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to. It helps grow the audience, helps others find our podcast. So please drop a five-star rating in on the podcast platform you're listening on. Don't forget about the recycled plastics program, you guys. Take your used plastic baits, put them in an envelope, mail them to the address in the show notes. Our man Eric Richards at Hammered Lures melts those down, makes new baits, and donates them to various chapters of Heroes on the Water.